And I was sitting at her bedside on um, Thanksgiving Eve, the day before Thanksgiving, and I was praying and asking the Lord, do I sign that consent form for surgery? Is this the most compassionate thing that she would have me do? You know, my mom can't tell me anymore, and um, I'm the responsible one. And so I'm praying, and I'm asking the Lord, and I'm sitting there, and my mom is in a lot of pain, and she's laying there, and um, I was praying. And um, I was kind of reflecting on even how to pray about the situation. And I'm not going to get into the specifics this morning about how I was praying, but I was praying. And then I asked my mom, and I must have touched something there. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, do you want to have surgery? And my mother looked at me. She opened her eyes and looked at me. And I said, Mom, I don't know how to pray. Do you want me to pray that the Lord would take you? Do you want me to pray that you would be healed? I don't know how to pray for you, Mom. And anyway, and my mom says, Well, Gina, I've been serving the king for years. And so whether I'm here or whether I'm there, I'm still going to be serving him. My mom had a lot of words that made sense all together. And I was amazed. And I'm thinking, did that just happen? Like, did I just hear? You know, I mean, I really did just hear what she just said. And so then um, my daughter came in about that time to visit. And um, anyway, and my mom looks at her and she said, Kaylee, you've always been really good with kids. I hope I live long enough for you to have children because I really think that you'd be really great as a mom. She said it again. So then I pull out my um, video <laughs> and I'm thinking, I've got to record this. And so um, I'm going to share, try this. All right, now, to Dane, what would you like to say to Dane? Dane, I love you. And then I made a video for my sister because she couldn't be there. She was um, not able to come to the hospital. And again, my mom had words that made sense and said, I'm at peace, Karen. Don't worry about me. And then we got down to the waiting area for surgery, and it was the last surgery before Thanksgiving. So it was probably 8 or 9 o'clock at night before Thanksgiving. She was the very last surgery of the day. And my mom used to be an operating room nurse. And she um, says, boy, it sure is quiet down here. Are you sure they're open for business? Even, Even her humor was there. I cannot tell you how amazed, how um, delighted I was to have my mom speaking and being able to speak. And I think that just a little bit of the joy, I think I experienced the joy of what would have happened here in this passage when the kingdom comes. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke.
And I just imagine what he must have been saying. And when he started to speak, what we maybe don't realize is that it was a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. And so Isaiah 35, verses 4 to 6, says this about when the Lord comes. He says, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame will leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. It was a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. It was a sign the kingdom had come upon them. And there were three reactions that day that are described here, three responses to when the kingdom of God comes upon. The crowd, it says, was amazed. And I was looking for a picture of amazement, and there were some of these cute little pictures of kids that were going, you know. (laughs) But I didn't know if you would think that they were seeing something scary or whatever. So I'm thinking, what is the joy? Like, okay, they were leaping for joy. They were shouting for joy. And so here's the group that's just like, yes. Just like I felt like, yes, my mom, she spoke. This person just got their voice back. Yes. But then there were some that wanted to start pointing a finger at Jesus and accusing him of doing this by the kingdom of darkness, that the source would be Satan himself. And then there were others that were, as it were, sitting on the fence. They really didn't want to commit and acknowledge that the kingdom of God had come. And so they're sitting on the fence and they're just saying, show us something else. Give us another sign. Prove it. And this testing that they're asking for, they were testing him. This isn't the testing like me um, thinking, did that really happen? And asking her another question because I really believed it did happen, that God had answered my prayers. And I just wanted to have the joy more, like more joy, like, Mom, speak some more. I want to hear your voice. But the testing they were asking for, the sign that they were asking for, was more like if we think about the Old Testament, where Pharaoh would like, you know, there would be this miraculous sign, and then he would give some lip service to it, and then he would renege. And his heart was really hard, and eventually that became clear. When sign after sign after sign, nothing could convince him, right? And so John Calvin, a theologian that I read fairly regularly, said this about this text. He said that this group that was accusing and asking for signs are blasphemers of the Holy Spirit. They slander the gifts and power they witness that was contrary to the conviction of their own mind. So they had their own thoughts, and it didn't line up with their own thoughts. And so they were blasphemous. Serious, serious problem. Well, Jesus' response to their challenge was basically this. Your argument is not logical. This was what he was trying to show in these two um, sections of scripture here. So with verse 17 and 18, he says, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. And Jesus was talking to people who were very familiar with how God's children had gotten in this infighting and then the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and how that 
the stability of their governments would not um, hold because of the infighting. And so he's saying, when I am casting out this demon, I am not a worker of Satan against a demon. He said, that is not logical. Demons casting out demons would not be fulfilling their mission. That would be like infighting, like a civil war. And he said, that is not logical. And that's what he's trying to say when he says a kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. He also brings up this metaphor, this picture of the strong person and the stronger person. And it's a military image, a conflict. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. And so this week I was thinking about a military um, situation and how that there might be strength and then a greater strength. And um, my son actually reminded me of a movie, Captain Phillips, that I'm not endorsing that movie. I'm just saying it is based on a true story that demonstrates this principle, that there was a strong group of pirates that attacked a cargo ship, true story back in the, um, like, 2008, something like that, 2007, So traveling around, um, I believe it was on um, the coast of Africa, these um, pirates come out, attack an unarmed ship. The captain does not want his whole crew to be lost. And so the captain somehow manages to be in a lifeboat that ejects out of the cargo ship, and that's that little red thing that's kind of like an armored tank um, on the water. But this life ship... And there's armed pirates that have a gun to this captain. And they're in this little buoy thing for about four days trying to get to shore. Strong, strong man, armed and dangerous, holding captive. Then you've got a stronger, a stronger force. You've got the U.S. Navy destroyer and Navy SEALs that come alongside this little dinghy. And they have the intelligence, they have the equipment, they have the force to be able to keep that lifeboat from making shore. They hold it out in the ocean for a number of days with certain tactics certain equipment there um, at one point I watched a documentary it was really fascinating how that they were shooting out this powerful stream of water that kept that lifeboat from being able it was using up its um, its fuel and as it was using up its fuel they were blasting water to keep it from going where it wanted to go by the shore and then they brought in a helicopter and they said that as that thing hovered over that life ship that um, that little lifeboat, that it made all kinds of noise that would confuse the pirates, and it also was hurricane force winds that would keep that lifeboat from being able to make it to shore. 
the story goes on, and our children are in the um, service this morning, and I'm not going to go into more detail, but there was a strong man, and then there was a stronger, and the stronger was able to rescue that captain unharmed. Well, the stronger one has come in Jesus. And last week, Pastor Dave preached a beautiful sermon from Isaiah in this passage, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government, not a temporary government that changes hands and changes policy, but the eternal government, the eternal rule of all of creation comes in the person of Jesus. And Jesus, the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says the kingdom of God has come upon you. Someone stronger attacks and overpowers. He does this by the finger of God, which is a reference from the Old Testament, which means the power of God. The power of God. What you're demonstrating, what you just saw me do by casting out that evil spirit and now the person can speak, this is the kingdom of God. This is the power of God in your midst. He's announcing, I am king. I am here. There are no neutral actions. You're either for me or you're against me. You're either honoring my authority or you're opposing my authority. That's what he's saying here. He's giving a strong call to submission to his authority and acknowledging who he is. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Jesus comes in strong to gather, and he gives this picture of gathering and scattering as a shepherd and the sheep. He's the loving shepherd. He's the one that comes in strong to find the one that's gone lost. He gets the one that's all tangled up in the briars, and he lovingly takes them back and anoints with oil and heals and restores them back into the flock. He comes as king, strong for the good. We have to remember that we don't see any government on this earth ever that's purely good and holy like Jesus' government. He comes with kindness and goodness. And one of the commentaries says the miracles that are in the Bible that we're given to learn from, the miracles are the audiovisuals of the presence of God's victorious rule. So when we see God do things in our midst and in our lives, It's God's victorious rule. It's just a picture. It's a snapshot. It's a video. It's an audio of God's good work among us. We have seen, and you have seen, God's good work among us. We, I just felt like the Lord was just saying, don't let the end of the year go by without giving a chance for people to praise my name and to acknowledge my presence in your midst. And so I shared a story that you hadn't heard before about a way that when I prayed and when I sought the Lord, that some act of kindness and goodness that he brought 
to encourage our family, and I hope it encourages my church family here today to hear that. There's ways that the Lord has worked in your life, that he's maybe worked in your family, worked in this community of Gold Avenue Church, this family, this congregation, perhaps in the congregation of the African church that meets here on Sunday afternoons, Bridge Street House of Prayer. Maybe there's a praise you want to give. Maybe there's something that you see the Lord working on the west side, and you say, I just need to give praise this morning. I need to say that I've seen the government of Jesus. I've seen the power and the presence and the goodness and the gifts of Jesus changing and making an impact in my heart and in this world. And so this morning, we're going to actually have a chance for you to do that. And so the way you're going to do that is you're just going to raise your hand. And these are short praises. These aren't telling the full, I could tell the full story of my mom's hospital experience, but I just narrowed it down to a little snapshot. There's snapshots. There's things that the Lord would have you bring to share that's going to encourage us all and bring glory to God. And so um, I'm going to ask Nate if he would take one microphone, and I'll have another. And you just raise your hand if there's something. I'd like to praise the Lord. I've noticed that this is one way that he's worked this year. And so... Hello, my name is Victor. Uh, Most of you know who I am today. uh, I am so grateful that this year there was a lot of trials and tributes for me. But out of all that has happened, my greatest blessing this year is my whole family and I have gotten together the first time in 30 years. And uh, we were all together for the holidays. And not only that, my sister came to Christ. And I've watched so many people come to Christ this year. It's just amazing that all the Lord is working, and not just my family, but in each and every one of us here, that our families have grown so much. So thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Others. Well, a number of years ago, uh, uh, a friend of mine and I kind of parted ways not so good. Uh, he was leaving town, and we had had some issues come up between us, and so we didn't really leave on a very good uh, note, you might say. So um, a number of years have gone by since then, and recently I was reminded about that and that I should do something about that. So I sent him an email uh, one evening, and he was actually on the other side of the world in Africa, And he read the email, and um, it was very touching for him. He said he shed some tears when he read it. And uh, when he replied, and I read his reply the next morning, um, it was pretty moving for me, too. So um, I'm just thankful to God for, oh, yeah, since that time we've had a chance. He's returned to, to this part of town, and we had a chance to get together for coffee and really forgive each other. And, uh, and kind of reestablish, uh, you know, complete Christian friendship and fellowship once again. So I'm just grateful that God uh, teaches us forgiveness like this and gives us opportunities to uh, forgive each other like that.
Um, I'd like to thank God for uh, reuniting me with my 18-year-old daughter. Um, she contacted me about four or five days ago. I hadn't seen her in 12 years. Um, things are going good, and I'm just thanking God for that. Others. I've been in and out of the hospital off and on all year. I just praise God that I can be here today and all the blessings that he has given me and for the healing that he has done in my body. We praise God for that too, Betty. There have been a lot of close calls, and we praise God that he sustained you. Divine, I think I saw your hand up. Uh, I praise God. For my family, this is the second year here in America, and I thank God for all friends, the church, who helped us till this day, till now we are all right. God bless you. And I thank God for a new family coming uh, in Colorado. They were, they are African like us, and when they came here in America, they put them in Colorado. Then they came here to join us and to worship with us in African community afternoon. They are here. They are there. Is he is called um, Juvenile Kazongo and his children are here. Yeah. I thank God that his work, he's, he's being, uh, doing great things in his work and doing more good things for us. And thank you. It's that I want to praise God. We praise God with you, Divine. I just want to praise God and give him blessings that are due to him. Um, this year has been rough for me. I've also went through some trials with my health, and I finally have a doctor that has pinpointed some of the things that another doctor couldn't, and so they're getting taken care of, and I bless my church family here. Ever since I've been here, since my uh, daughter-in-law brought me, I, it's unremarkable with all the love, all the friendship, the compassion that this church holds. And it really touches my heart to know that there are people out there that are compassionate. And I just want to say God bless you all and have a very safe New Year's. I like to thank God for uh, bringing me back to Gold Avenue Church. I used to go when I was a kid. Um, it just feels good to be back in the church and doing doing good. And I like to, uh, like she said, Happy New Year's to everybody and amen. Um, my name's Andrew. 
Uh, many of you know, like, I help out with gray space downstairs, and there's a lot of different needs that come in from the neighborhood, um, whether it's housing needs or food needs or anything else. Uh, we recently, a few weeks ago, had a, a grandmother come in and just express her struggles within her family, um, particularly with her daughter and three grandkids that live with her. Um, she said that all, the, all of her grandkids are great uh, students and just really um, good kids, and she was just lamenting how, um, because they'd had two rounds of bed bugs, um, and basically um, had to pay all of their money to uh, get rid of those bed bugs, and didn't have any uh, funds for Christmas presents, and so just she was just asking for help as well as just kind of pleading out to God, and um, just for a couple of weeks, really got to walk with them and, and pray with them, and sent out um, some emails to neighbor, uh, neighborhood churches and ministries. And within two weeks, we had um, four uh, brand-new twin beds and box springs and, and a brand-new queen um, box spring and bed, as well as um, some donations for Christmas gifts uh, delivered from, from the different ministries and churches in this neighborhood. And so it was just really fun to see how God works through the body of Christ. Um, and Gold Avenue is a, a big part of that body. Um, so... Praise God. Praise God for the way that he's knitting the churches and the ministries together. Other ways that you've seen the Lord at work that you'd like to um, give honor to the Lord to be able to share that. Uh, I'm really thankful. I'm thanking God for all He has done for me and my family. I remember one day, because I came before my family in Michigan, and they left in Colorado. I said, if my family got here safe, I will thank God. But what I'm thanking God for is the, the guy here safe. Uh, we are 12 people in our family, but they all all right. Even though my mom is sick, didn't come today. She didn't come to them yet. But I'm hoping she'll get better. Thank you so much. Uh, we decided to be part of this church. We always come. You always see us in this church. Thank you so much. Amen. Perhaps one more, two more. Um, yeah, as many you know, as many of you know. A couple of weeks ago, me, Pastor Dave, Pastor Gina, and a young lady named Stephanie all sat down and prayed for me. I had had 30 years of anger built up, and uh, things went good. I'm really, really up there. I'm continuing to get better, and I just want to thank everybody here that was in on that, and uh you're a wonderful church family. Thank you. Yeah, I want to get. Uh, I want to thank God for being with me this year. I've had some sad times in my life this year, and uh, uh, my son is in prison in North Carolina, and uh, I would appreciate if everybody would pray for Joe. He, his, his friend, his son. 
He's two years old and he has been in two foster homes already and he's fighting to get him back. He goes back to court next month and he's really been hurting, you know, because he misses his son, you know, and I just would appreciate if everybody would pray for him and also my son in prison, Frank. He's been to church and so has Joe been to church, you know. But my two daughters, they haven't been to church much, but my oldest son, he lives in North Carolina, so I have three boys and two girls. But I just want to thank God for being with me, and I was in the hospital last month for four days with a scare, you know, but God was there with me. I wasn't alone. I know he would never leave me or forsake me, so I just want to thank him for that. Thank you. And so a chance to bring glory to the Lord. Is there anybody else? Maybe your heart's just beating fast. If we haven't heard, I see a hand up, somebody we've heard from. Is there anybody else that we haven't heard from? that wants to say, this is a way that I saw the Lord work in my life or in the life of this church or community. Mark? I have a friend who's had a lot of problems with his knee for years. It would sometimes go away and be able to walk normally and then sometimes... It would hurt a lot, and he could barely get around. And earlier this summer, he uh, fell off his bike and hit his knee on the pavement. He was in so much pain, he couldn't stand up. And we started praying for him, and at first, the pain went away, but he still couldn't stand up. And so we started praying some more, and later on, he just got up and walked around the room. And he was completely fine, and it's been, I think, five months, and he's still walking without any problems. His knee doesn't hurt at all anymore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Tammy, do you feel like you need to share what what it was? I saw your hand up. Yeah? Okay. I just wanted to add one more. I don't know, it was a couple days ago, there was a story that that happened in Greenville that a motorcycle group got together and went to Myers. And to certain people that came into the store that looked like they were down and out or had issues, they gave them, they tapped them on their shoulder and they gave them $50 gift cards so that they could get their food. And I just think that is such a blessing for a motorcycle group like that to do that. And that I think that more people need to pay it forward too. And um, <clears throat> that's not the only pay it forward story that I heard. Um, Lori Cross, Vic's sister that just came to know Jesus, right? She stood up and told us about how she prayed and, and um, she sensed the Lord's love and how that he came into her heart and then she's been talking to people about Jesus and she just told me this past week about how that someone felt led to pay forward a pizza meal down in where it's kind of towards Plainwell. Yeah, Martin. And anyway, and that by the end of a couple of days, that people kept paying forward so much so that, I don't know, several hundred dollars worth of pizzas that were paid forward. And so the love of God um, being expressed in really tangible ways, not only in our church, but in our neighborhood, Greenville, Martin, and we pray that the Lord keeps moving around the world, right? We're part. We're just part of what he's doing. And we stand amazed at him. Thank you so much for sharing. The love of God causes us to worship. When we're amazed and that shout for joy, we worship him. 
We, we say, thank you, Lord. You're the one who did these good things. You're the one who's active in our midst. And it isn't hard to share the good news. It maybe takes a little courage in a group to take a microphone. But you know what? We've all got stories to tell. And we want to share the good news of how the Lord is moving and how he's working. And that's how we gather is because people love a good story. There's plenty of bad news on television and so forth. We start to share the good news of what the Lord's done for us and in our midst, and the Lord starts to gather. And so let's um, have the worship team come up, and we're going to sing a song of response, worshiping the Lord, the one who has done mighty and wonderful and amazing things in this year and just stirs our heart with hunger for more of his good work in the next year, right? Amen. And so this week, as we move from 2015 to 2016, I want to invite you, rather than starting to think about your New Year's resolutions, I want to invite you to spend some time looking back through Luke. We've been, Jesus has been revealing himself through this whole year in this sermon series. And so Jesus has been revealing himself. He's wisdom. He's pure love. He's forgiveness. He's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And I want to invite you to spend some time just looking through the headings of Luke this week and just thinking about who Jesus is and asking him to reveal himself more just like that in 2016. Rather than spending time thinking about what you're going to do, let's spend time praying about what he wants to do in 2016. And so receive these words of blessing from Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, God, and your salvation among all nations. And so receive the love and blessing and goodness of your Heavenly Father in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.